Hello and welcome to Buy Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we'll be talking, continuing to talk about bisexual identity in a way and narratives and talk about how difficult it is to get to a bi story. A bi story might be out there, but you might not get that it is about a bi person because of all the implications that come with talking about being a partner of one gender versus the other. The queer experience in general is usually also attributable more to um, say the L and G of of the LGBTQ plus, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, and we we've talked about that already a lot, but it's true that those like having access to those narratives, those stories, is very important when you are trying to figure out who you are and yeah. understand um, your sexual orientation and your identity. Mm. And it's you know that that um, that quote from um, Jill Johnston mm-hmm. that um, identity is. Um, what you what you say you are according to what they say you can be so so the the stories that are being told about you and about who you are are shape the way you perceive yourself yeah and to start off with a negative one of the examples that uh, i gave before in a lecture and one that i came up with yesterday is um how do you think it felt for cynthia nixon in sex in the city <laughs> when they were describing bisexuality and you guys can look it up you can google it it's very googleable it's there there is a short clip um of the women at sex in the city basically going on and on and on raving about how bisexuality is just not valid and toxic and people just need to make their minds up and as we know uh cynthia nixon who also gets mislabeled as lesbian yeah. quite often that she's bi. She wasn't out back then. She wasn't out, but I mean, she probably knew what was up. I don't know. I don't know. You know how bisexual coming out can be pretty late in life? Yeah. Um, and only later in life than like, monosexual mm. uh, coming out. So maybe she just didn't know. But anyways, I think it was probably very painful for her. Yeah. And not even that. I mean, I remember showing that clip to a room full of queer people mm-hmm. uh, during that lecture, and everyone was just groaning and like outraged that this could have happened like ten years ago, more than that. yeah, more than more than ten years ago. But you know, it's still the twenty first century. Maybe the end of the twentieth, but it's but it was how it was back then mm. that you had no bisexual representation or just basic instinct. Yeah. Um. So there was no. Totally no by stories and and talking about sex in the city, then you have the storyline that was uh, Samantha uh, experimenting oh in lesbian relationship. Yeah, I remember that one. And it was just a one time thing. It's, 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 it's I have to tell you that 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 those yeah. two hours or three episodes, that was one of the first contacts I had with queer women in the media. So I rewatched those episodes mm-hmm. several times a week <laughs> at one point, but. It's only now that I realize how damaging it was and how... I mean, it was not the worst thing. It wasn't the worst thing, but it's still, like, it's very tokenistic. Yeah. Um, And it's very, like, um, you know, a straight woman can call herself a lesbian while she's experimenting. No, you're just straight and experimenting. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and she's not bisexual. It's complete by erasure. Yeah. Because by all means, Samantha could be bisexual. But also, I mean, she is this uh, very sexually active woman... Yeah. So so she plays right in the th- in, in the th- in the trope, and yeah. I mean again, it's okay to be bi and to love sex, and I have a lot of partners. It's not a problem, but right here we're just portraying someone who's experimenting with sexuality, 
Yeah. While doing by erasure and still playing into the trope, it's very toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Not as much as the conversation. Yeah, that, that conversation is yeah. just awful. I'll should I put the link in? I don't want to put the link in. You guys can Google it yourself. Yeah. And so <clears throat> stories. Uh, recently, this uh, uh, comedy show came out on Netflix, and it's a very special kind of comedy show. We highly recommend that you watch it. It's by Hannah Gatsby, and it's called Nanette. Uh, it's about an hour long, and Hannah Gatsby is um, a lesbian comedian who talks about her experience as a queer person and sort of tries to reclaim her story through that one hour of comedy that turns quite dark uh, at certain moments. Um, but her thing is that during the, that hour, uh, she talks about how her identity as a queer person was built around self-deprecation and self-deprecating humor. And so I think it's it's a very common experience because, I mean, we gays always make fun of ourselves because it's funny. Um, and, I mean, homosexuality has been on the butt end of many jokes. I mean, being queer in general, yeah. you know, it's always like, this dude looks like a lady or whatnot. And it's, th yeah. this is the, that's the humor. The joke is that you're queer. Yeah. What's worse is when we ourselves uh, feed into that. And, you know, we make fun of the way we look, the, the way we so, love. Yeah. It's it's interesting because humor is a good defense mechanism. Mm. It's one of the most functional ones. Yeah. Um, so we need to use humor. And the example that she uses of um, being, like, being attacked mm. by, by a guy because yeah. of, she was talking to the, to the guy's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And she said, like, okay, she's saying the story in a funny way. But she never tells the end of the story, which is pretty dark. Yeah. Um, so humor here is, a, is still a double-edged sword because, yes, it helps. It's amazing because you can, you can laugh the problems away. Mm. But also there's a moment where you have to face what's happening. And you have to face also the hate and, and, and what it does to you. And that's, that's hard as hell. But at one point it's necessary. Yeah, it, it's, very, um, it's very interesting to see how, how she... Um, how she puts it, how she confronts it, the fact that her story is also tragic. Yeah. And she does it in a way that it's, yes, a little bit confronting and upsetting um, for some people. But I think... At but one, it's still humorous. Yeah, I think at one point in the show, though, though, she says, like, if you guys are feeling uncomfortable, that's the point. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's interesting that she brings it up because most of the time, like I said, when it comes to humor about gay stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or queer stuff or even things about, you know... Um, people getting hurt, people getting mm -hmm. abused. It's always the person who is getting abused. It's always the gay person that is the butt of the joke. Mm. So to turn that humor around and make straight people uncomfortable, it's a very brave thing to do, and it's a very rare thing to yeah. do. And I saw that interview where she's saying that she thought that she would never be um, allowed to play that that yeah. that show more than once. Yeah. Um, because she thought it would be too offensive, but mm. people are responding to it very well. And I mean, it's on Netflix now. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, I mean, it's good. It's, I think it's, it's very, uh, it's very positive. It's, it gives hope that a show like that can be on Netflix, that people are responding to it and not just queer people. Yeah. Um, queer people who see it generally react pretty strongly to it because mm. it really strikes a chord with most of us. Yeah. But it's interesting to see how it makes also straight people, cis people just okay oh there's something there that i really didn't get i think it's the same with like 
you know, think about the movies that have been recently coming out, like the movie Crazy Rich Asians, right? Yeah. People were saying that nobody would want to see a movie with mm-hmm. Asian protagonists. There's no demand yeah. for it. Well, guess what? Yeah. It's it's very high grossing. People love it. Not just Asian people, but it's important for them to have that representation. And it's the same with this show. You know, maybe a straight executive somewhere on Netflix would have never thought that a show like this would be important mm-hmm. and needed and wanted and paid for. Mm. Um, but apparently that's not the case. And that's that's the point that by using humor and by using storytelling, we can make ourselves. I guess we, we can put ourselves on equal standing with other people. Yeah. We can break the ice and mm-hmm. sort of bring each other closer, you know, close the distance, if you will. And it's, it's, it closes the distance between, between um, also queer people to understand yeah. that your story is not that different. Yeah. Each story is different, but also you can relate to other people's coming out stories. Yeah. Um, and there's this website where you can find queer stories. Yeah, it's uh, our queer stories. Um, and it has very interesting uh, pieces published by regular people who just submit their stories and uh, talk about their coming out experience, their realization that they were queer, you know, whatnot. Uh, so do check it out. It's very interesting. Um, and it's also very touching to see people be, be so open about experiences that in general can be very painful and very private. Uh, so it's a very brave thing to do um but going back to humor yeah. <laughs> uh just a little segue into that a lot of uh, queer comedians do use their sexuality as a platform also to enhance their humor to make straight people uncomfortable that's the funny part and again to to show that you know we can laugh just like you it's a human thing to laugh no matter whether you're gay straight black white whatever is there any um specific bisexual humor i think there is i think the the good old oh we're so greedy (laughs) yeah i mean it puts a smile on my face now uh because i think both of us have learned to use humor as a way to protect ourselves from a stereotype that is in general pretty damaging Mm -hmm. it's it's one of those jokes that we can make but if a straight person told that joke to us or even a non-bi person told that joke it would be very uncomfortable yeah and also, I mean, this. Th- there's this comedian. I don't know if he's actually a professional comedian or not, but he's on, on YouTube, Joel Herman. And so he talked about how his experience as a bi man always gets erased because people would just assume that he's the token gay friend. Both men and women would assume that he's the, you know, either, either the predatory gay or the harmless gay best friend. And he was just like talking about that he'd still go lingerie shopping with the girl but he'd still want to have sex with her and her boyfriend yeah <laughs> so again that's by humor yeah. i think yeah and not 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 self-deprecating yeah by humor so yeah and another example that i had was um may martin she's a comedian from canada and she was on russell howard's show you can find the clip on youtube as well where she talks about her experience she doesn't identify as bi um, but she does identify as largely, generally LGBTQ. And so she talks about how after decades of um, dating exclusively women, she decided to start dating men again. And that everyone is super confused because she looks gay. And that's, like, that's the words she uses. Soft boots. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite, uh, you know, masculine, I suppose. Yeah. But that everyone who she meets is like really surprised. And even one of the guys that she went on a date with was like, I've never been on a date with a lesbian before. <laughs> so you see how like we can make fun of that. We can explain to straight people why that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 
because that is our experience. We live it. But again, those are quite traumatic circumstances when you think about it. Like if I went on a date with a guy and someone who I don't know when I saw them for the very first time in my life and they were like, yeah, you're gay from the get go. I think it would just be like, well, then what are you doing here? Yeah. And why are we? Are, is this a friendly date? Are we just going out for beers? Like, what is this? Are you trying to turn me? <laughs> turn me straight? No yeah. way. <laughs> Sorry, but no. There's also this um, guy, um, Joe Lysett, uh-huh. who's uh, um, British. And um, I think, I don't know if he identifies as pansexual or bisexual, but he, he talks about being bisexual in his show. Uh-huh. And it's he's very he's very funny, too. Yeah. And, and also... I mean, you could you could think that he's kind of stereotypically gay in a way. Yeah. Uh, but he's very clear about being bisexual, and I I mean it's 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 very good, like both with May Martin and him to see those um, stereotypes disproved. Yeah, yeah, and he is also used quite. I mean, it's a very interesting kind of humor. It's even a little dark when he said, you know, I'm bisexual. And that means that all of you are at risk, is what he said to the audience. Yeah. That's by humor. Yeah. I feel like, again, when it's said by the person who can own the identity, it's very different. Um, It's giving them a voice. It's giving them a platform. It's giving them a way to explain their experience, to tell their story, and to also tell the story about other people that are representative of that group. Of course, Mm -hmm. everyone is different. Stereotypes are bad (laughs) most of the time. But, I mean, if you meet one person from a group that you used to not like just because you've never known them. Mm-hmm. I think it, it could make a difference. It can, yeah. Yeah. Then I think if we talk about bisexual humor, then maybe this other um, experience that is more like private one mm-hmm. of hold a joke you want to say and you can't. Oh, God. Um, so many. Because unless you are around queer people, most of the time you just can't. And especially if you're not out or people assume your sexuality based on your partner. Yeah. And there's so many things that are left unsaid. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not just... Even, even if you are out, sometimes people just wouldn't get it. Yeah. Or they would want to be like, well, then why are you joking about this? Why are you putting it out in the open? You should keep it quiet yeah. kind of thing. And just not appropriate in a setting or something. But yeah, it's it's very... There's a lot of things that I... I just remembered this summer after I came out to my mother when I... Uh, I told her that um, I was working out and my biceps were growing and I said I was bisexual. <laughs> and she just stared at me. But it was the funniest joke in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. She would never get it. She'd probably think that I'm lame, which she probably does. But <laughs> that's the thing. We can joke about it. We can own our sexualities. We can make ourselves more comfortable with them. Because a lot of the times this queer humor comes from a place of insecurity. And I think uh, some, uh, there's also a very interesting example of that on Queer Eye with, mm-hmm. uh, on episode four with a- AJ, who is this uh, gay black guy who's not out. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't out, I suppose, <laughs> because yeah, everyone's seen the show at this point. Yeah, the world, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so he's quite awkward, but the, the guys use humor and use kind of little jipes and jokes and, you know, they discover his uh, secret leather fetish and everything and they kind of make fun of him in I mean, a good way. Secret, not anymore. But... Yeah, not anymore. Um, but they, they make fun of him in a, this teasing kind of way and that puts him at ease. Yeah. And I think that's also why it's very important to be able to use humor yeah. in even a therapeutic yeah. setting like we yeah. do. Because because also those are queer guys. Yeah. Um, using queer humor with, with, with this gay guy and 
and that's why it works. Yeah. And when we're talking about stories and narratives, they they do um, make us closer to each other. Mm. And and humor is maybe the shortest way, yeah. in a way, um, to relate to someone. And you know uh, that that you know by joke mm-hmm. that you can crack. And if you someone see someone else laugh, in you know you know that you have that in common. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it all boils down to like you wouldn't make a pun in a language that you don't know because mm. it would come out wrong or you could offend someone. Yeah. So it's it's kind of similar, you know, it's um I don't in in communication we use the term code mm. um to, to to designate a a, a way of speaking, right? Mm. Uh, a way of speaking of of a certain group of people. Mm. And so I think there is a clear code mm. at, at least in the English language and I'm pretty sure in other languages as well where there is a more or less queer society or queer culture formed that there are certain codes there are certain words there are certain humorous frameworks mm-hmm. that only these people can use because they own them yeah yeah so to be sure talking about stories mm. and that it's really important to tell your story yeah um it has to be safe of mm, course of course um but sometimes it's just writing it down for yourself oh yeah absolutely writing is very therapeutic it's or or a recording if you don't want to write. Yeah, I mean that's part of the reason why we started the podcast. Actually, yes, kind of. <laughs> um, but it's cathartic. Yeah. To 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 tell your story, mm-hmm. and if you can't um, have help from a mental health professional and you're struggling with your with your identity, mm-hmm. just writing things down really helps. And then if you do end up feeling comfortable with with coming out to someone, reading aloud what you've written down what you've accumulated over uh, a period of time. Actually, in that Queer Eye episode, yeah, like season and that's one, what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, with AJ, he does, um, AJ, he does um, come out to his stepmother yeah. using a letter that he, he just wrote to his um, to his dad who passed away yeah. uh, without knowing. Yeah. So it, it's because it's a, it's a kind of a controlled way and mm. you can, you know what you are going to say and in, and you're prepared and you, there's this gradual revelation of mm. your story and it really helps to do it that way. Yeah. And I think it circles back very nicely to, to stand-up comedy where mm. it's always about uh, sort of coming around to the point, coming around to the punchline, coming around mm. to the joke. And that's, I think, a lot of our experiences like that. I'll, you know, we will lead our lives until a certain moment where we have to come out to a person, then we come out to another person. Mm-hmm. We ha- but it builds up. Yeah. You know, you don't just meet someone and go, I'm gay. Hi. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. I'm also a Sagittarius. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Then you come out to a bunch of people if you just kiss your partner in the street, if you are in a country where you can do that. Yeah, fair enough. But that's a bit different. Yeah, it's a, it's a very different kind. And still people are going to assume. Yeah. You know, because if you're a bi person who kisses a person of... A certain gender, oh, your yeah. sexuality is going to be defined by your partner's gender. Yeah, so you still haven't come out. Yeah, it's, which makes actually again like coming out as bisexual or non-monosexual mm. a bit more complicated. Yeah, and it's also why a lot of the times the term bisexual, even bi plus, is so stigmatized, and people prefer to use polysexual, pansexual, um, multisexual, omnisexual, whatever, is because bisexual is so so stigmatized. Um, there's a very interesting book by uh, Julia Serrano, mm-hmm. who's a trans woman and she's bi, uh, who talks about it at length and why uh, she kind of finds it very difficult to navigate even the trans community with the term bisexual uh, because it reinforces the gender binary. But I'm not going to go into that because it's, <laughs> yeah. that's a snake that I'm not willing to <laughs> to explore right now. Yeah. So what are your stories? Are there any 
other ways of coming out or any other ways of sharing a queer experience that we haven't mentioned, if you are comfortable sharing it with us on Twitter or via our email, please look down in the comments to this uh, podcast and uh, send it our way. Bye. Bye. Bye.